0: About two weeks ago, when Dennis asked me to preach, he, uh, he says, you know, the subject is your choice. Uh, um, he, he's going through Acts. But um, I says, okay, a good, good subject would be the, the, uh, the Magi. Now, we sang We Three Kings this morning. I hate to say it, but I'm going to blow holes in the theology of We Three Kings, okay? Um, there's nowhere in the Bible that says anything about... Three kings, okay? They were probably, it says in some translations, magi. They were not kings, okay? So that's two. And number three, they did not come from the Orient, okay? So the first line of we three kings from Orient are is totally not true, okay? So uh, I purposely asked Ben to to sing that song this morning so that I could blow holes in in the whole theology of the whole thing. You know, so, but um, anyways, I I, I did go online and it was interesting that I found this little blurb and I got to put these things on to read them. Um, Well, five five common myths about the wise men's story. Everyone knows the legend of the three wise men visited to Bethlehem, as we told every Christmas. Three, three Arabian princes followed a star to find baby Jesus, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The story has lived on over centuries as a key part of the birth of Jesus. What is it true? Is that what I just said True. Okay, we know that the Bible is the inherent word of God, but do we know that throughout the time, traditions have been added to the true biblical story? And in verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east, came, from, from the east, came to Jerusalem. So we call them Magi. Magi. Um, as we saw, heard on the song, they were mentioned as kings. Some we heard heard about wise men. They were probably most likely um, the kings' associates the, the, from the land that they come from. Um, they were probably some high-ranking officials that um, came, and had, and they were probably. They probably, because of their position, they did they did know about the Jewish scriptures, because you have to remember that the, in the Old Testament, that the the um, the, um, the the traditions and the and the and the word of the of the Old Testament scriptures did did go long distances because what happened, the Jews were exiled in Babylon, they were carried off to Egypt and their, their traditions and their, and, their, and their religion that they knew of Jehovah God went with them. So obviously there was, there was local people in all those areas that heard about the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. So this probably was not, not necessarily anything new for these magi. Um, they probably had heard about this. Now, and of course, we heard about the three. There's some places in the the old tradition said there could have been as many as 12. Um, And of course, like I say, there could have been one, two, three, five, ten, twelve. But because of their position, they probably had a lot of servants that came with them. I mean, they were not by themselves because they, were, they had a high rank in the, in the government. So, obviously, they did not have to do a lot on their own. That the, uh, they were able to have these people probably take care of all their needs. And the second, after, after be, not necessarily being three, did they ride camels? Well, in Jesus' day, camels would be equal to what we have as a trailer truck today, okay? They were to move goods. They were not necessarily for the average ordinary person, didn't ride a camel, as we know that uh, Mary rode on a donkey. And these guys probably rode Arabian horses because rich people and people of uh, position were... um, Afforded that right to be able to have a horse and so so that kind of puts the, the camel thing out, out the window and, they, and then they found they followed a miraculous star Matthew never says that they followed a star he says that they saw a star which history teaches is, it would be the northern star The wise men were astrologers, and the star was an astronomical sign that they saw that's significant to the prophecy of the Jewish king. This doesn't mean the star led them from Arabia to Jesus, but it does say in verse 9 that a star stopped over where the child was. So there was definitely places along the way that the star led them, okay? It didn't necessarily mean... And they went like this. But they did have guidance from the star. And then, of course, I already covered were they they kings. No, they were not. Did they come from Persia, India, Africa? Mm, Not necessarily. They were more likely to have come from, from... They came from the east, which is based on the nature of their gifts. The Old Testament prophecy means that they most likely came from ancient Arabia, kingdom of Sheba and Arabia was known for its vast wealth of gold mines in Africa as well as uh, bas weevil and anyways two trees um, which frankincense and myrrh were derived and of course these men came brought gifts and they they did significant signify the giving of the best commodities from their own country to a neighboring king oh, and I forgot to mention here that um, we see even in the Old Testament um, you remember the story of when the, when the Israelites came out of Egypt and uh, they were backed up against the, the, the sea there Pharaoh sent 600 of his most trusted, best chariots. Now I'm sure, certainly sure, that if you had a chariot, would you have a camel? Would you have a camel pulling the chariot? No, I think you'd have a horse. And he had 600 of his best, and he and it says in the in the Old Testament that he had many others besides that. In the same way, like when in our Bible study men's Bible study we're talking about Babylon and the wall of Babylon was uh, 60 miles around but the, the wall was so wide that three chariots could ride abreast on that wall and it was so wide that if they had to turn around they could turn around on the wall I mean that's pretty wide but it says that they had chariots and I don't think they had camels pulling the chariots on top of the wall they had horses Okay, so, so much for the, the, the uh, um, blowing holes through the theology of uh, We Three Kings. Okay, you want to you put that... Uh, there you go. Let's read through the Scripture here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all with Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the chief people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Bethlehem in Judea is about a village that 's about five miles south of Jerusalem. Probably my wife could tell you more about this because she actually went there um, but yes it's only it 's only a short it 's only a short distance and of course today um, if you were to be able to ride there in an automobile with no restrictions, it would only take you a few minutes to get there but of course, because of the um, the division that's in Israel today. It's not easy to get to Bethlehem today. Um, And the book of Matthew says nothing of the events um, prior to the the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem about Nazareth. Um, We don't hear about that till afterwards. And Matthew possibly wanted to emphasize Jesus' uh, background from the line of David in fact he begins with the events that happened in in the city of David which is Bethlehem and also in in one thing about Bethlehem in Judea is the fact that uh, there is actually another Bethlehem that's that's um, just northwest of Nazareth too so uh, uh, that could be something that could be um, confusing the Jews expected the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem and to be from David's family is clear in John seven forty two, which says, Does not the Scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out for them the exact time the star would appear. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. The Magi probably were astrologers or, or interpreters of omens. They came from ancient Arabia. Uh, A- got my tongue tied up there. And, uh, and they came to Jerusalem since they were looking for the king of the Jews. So they came to the Jewish capital city. King of the Jews indicated the Magi were, were Gentiles. Matthew shows that people of all nations acknowledged Jesus as King of the Jews and came to worship Him. Example: the Babylonians from Daniel's time, the Magi had seen a star and followed it for many days and months. In Numbers 24:17, part of the verse reads, "A star will come out of Jacob; a scepter will rise out of Israel." Star or scepter. Pra- perhaps fulfilled initially in David, but ultimately in the coming messianic ruler. Israel, a future deliverer, will be like a star and a scepter in a royalty and bring victory over the enemies of his people, but not in the way they expected because, of course, the Jewish people were expecting somebody to come that was going to be a king that was going to deliver them from the Roman Empire and that they were going to be free and everything, but that, that is not what necess- that's not what happened Cause, because they were looking at it from a human point, point of view they were not looking at it from a spiritual point of view that, the, that what God was going to send was a spiritual deliverer not a human deliverer why wouldn't King Herod be troubled? yep Old King Herod, he, he thought he was going to be in trouble here because, um, of course, it's king of the Jews. And he's, he's thinking that, um, you know, this is going to be somebody that's going to rise up and is going to put him out of office. And, of course, in those days, somebody like him was living a pretty royal life. Um, so that uh, he, was, he was troubled. And it says, of course, all the Jerusalem was troubled too. So, what does he do? The best thing to do is call the Jewish leaders to find out what the scoop is. So he gets the the chief priests, the Sadducees of the day, and they were professionally trained in the development, teaching, and application of Old Testament law. Their authority was strictly human and traditional. So they were very aware of the scripture in, in uh, Micah 5.2 which says, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient times. And they quoted this to the king. I mean, they, they had it right. They had it right. They knew exactly where the baby was going to be born. There was, no, there was absolutely no doubt about that and uh, which which this verse was, um, that they're referring to was given seven centuries earlier. You would have thought that these chief priests and all these rigidly religious leaders, when they heard this, that it was so specific. I mean... I guess I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Why wouldn't they have made the, the trip five or six miles to Bethlehem to see what's going on, to check it out? But they didn't. I believe they were so wrapped up in their own selves that they believed this was just another story. And of course, obviously, their, their eyes were totally closed. Uh, to what was happening. And uh, we've we've seen that all through the scriptures where when certain things happen, um, the Lord closes eyes of certain people so that they don't really see the truth, okay? And I think maybe this is what happened here because, um, like I say, they were looking for a human deliverer, not a spiritual deliverer. anyways, we'll finish it up here. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down, worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Well, King Herod, you know, he come up with a plan. Um, you know, he had heard what the religious leaders had said, but he's got these, these uh, magi from another country. So he says, you know, why should I bother taking my time out of my luxurious schedule that I have? I'll let somebody else do the legwork for me. I'll let the I'll let the wise men um, go and and do my hunting for me. So he sends them on their way and and he asks them questions and he sends them on their way, but he carefully tells them of his intentions that he may come and worship him. Well, obviously, we know now looking back at the Scriptures, um, you know, he just, now he heard about this king of the Jews. All he wanted to find out is where this kid was and, and get away, do away with him. And after the Magi left, they were guided by the star to continue their journey, and it stopped over where the young child was living with Joseph and Mary. Mary, the Magi, were overjoyed at their finding. No, Jesus was called a young child, and they were living in a house. Okay? I know Deb does a beautiful job at, uh, you know, this here. But we got some King Magi here that uh if you really look at the at the the story in the scriptures um the magi were not at the manger okay um so in in a way that's a little bit a little bit theologically off okay but um they did find the young child and he was at a house and i just know i want to note one thing too joseph was Joseph was his earthly stepdad and uh we see, obviously, here that they're in a house. The child is older now. But Joseph was a carpenter, like me. And you can usually, if you can fix things, you can finally find a job just about anywhere you live. So Joseph was probably um, was able to find employment quite easily. So it's not that the, not that the, uh, the family was without income, that uh, Joseph was able to provide. And there's another thing, too, is when it mentions in the Scriptures, uh, where, where was it? Okay, and they saw the child with his mother Mary. Anywhere in the Scriptures where you see Mary and the child together, the child is always mentioned first, and Mary is mentioned afterwards. Okay, given due respect to the child's um, position uh, and so that, that I found that an interesting fact that the that they that um, the young child was always mentioned first. So when the magi came to visit, sometimes later, possibly months, and even up to two years, it could have been that long. Every time, and let's see, gold and frankincense and myrrh have their primary significance in their value, which establishes their suitability for a king. Matthew tells us of these gifts were great treasures given in worship, but they even have greater significance. Gold was indi- indicates association associates with um, royalty. Frankincense was part of a ceremony of worship a deity, Myrrh was used as a perfume anointing oil and a key ingredient in the mixture of spices used to prepare bodies for burial, indicating his humanity and the manner in which he would save his people, that he would die for them. And, of course, going back to the beginning, because there was three gifts given that could be an indication that there were three different people that gave the gifts, but there's no indication it was that, that they were just three gifts that was given to the child, and they all had all had meaning. And it could have been one person gave the three gifts, it could have been three people or it could have been a dozen people that gave the gifts. But they all had a significance in the fact that that they were given. And certainly in the spiritual realm Goal would indicate Jesus' uh, royalty in in the in the Trinity and in the Godhead, um, and going down all the way to the, the myrrh, which would indicate um, the uh, the way he would die. And the last statement that we see in the in there. As having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Um, how many people uh, read, read the newsletter this week and uh, what I titled my sermon um, about a dream? This was... Uh, it's, it was uh, interesting that God spoke to these guys through a dream, that they were not to return the same way that they had come. In other words, not to go back to Herod and say, yeah, we found him, okay? Um, and we'll, I'll say more on that later. Okay, guys, could you put 13 to 18 up? No, go back to 13, There. When Joseph had gone, when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child, his mother during the night, left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was Phil what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt. and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. I admire Joseph because he was very in tune with the Lord. When the Lord spoke to him in a dream, He did not hesitate. And he didn't, you know, question, why, Lord? And and ask a whole bunch of questions. He immediately took action and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. A quotation from 11.1, Out of Egypt I will call my son. So he immediately takes the, mother, the child and, 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 and his mother, and obviously, I imagine, possibly, they might still have had the same donkey by then. I'm not sure. There's no way to indicate that. But um, they had some means of transportation, and, they, and he sets out for Egypt. And, of course, the thing of it is, is if you take and look at Bethlehem today, if you could do it without the restrictions that there are today, if you were in a car and you left Bethlehem and you went to Egypt, it's not a very long drive. But uh, when you're when you're on a donkey or you're walking, um, it would it would take you quite a few days uh, to get there. But he takes off during the night, and obviously gets far enough away to the point where. point where he's far enough away so Herod won't see them. Now, the out of Egypt I will call my son originally referred to God's calling of the nation of Israel out of Egypt in the time of Moses. But Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, applies this to Jesus. He sees the history of Israel, God's children, summed up in the life of Jesus, God's unique son. Just as Israel as an infant nation went down to, into Egypt, so the child Jesus went there. How long Jesus and his parents were in Egypt is not known. So we have we have very little information out of the fact that they went to Egypt, they stayed for a period of time, and then in the next verses, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the, the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to Israel. But when he heard that Archie was reigning in, in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. So he went and lived in the town called Nazareth. So it was what was fulfilled... W- so it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. And I forgot to ask my wife how to pronounce that guy's name. So I just called him Archie. But anyways, like the, like the prince in, in uh, England. But we see another dream taking place. Now this is the second dream that Joseph has had. And uh, he'd go, take to, to go to the land of Israel But while he's on his way, he gets the third dream. Okay? And he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and that's how they ended up in Nazareth. And Nazareth was Jesus' hometown. So he will be called the Nazarene. In Jesus' day, Nazarene Nazarene was virtually a cinnamon for despise. In Israel, Isaiah Excuse me. 53.3. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So that's one one dream that the the Magi had, and three dreams that um, Joseph had. And uh, we'll go back in history a little bit here. Of course, the guys that came to Bible study on Daniel, remember remember there was two significant dreams in Daniel. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar had both of them. And the first one is one that he had, he had a dream and he asked all these fancy guys, these magicians and and all these guys with big long names, what they want, he wanted them to tell him what the dream was and what the interpretation was. Well, they couldn't do it. So anyways, Daniel is called. And because Daniel and his three friends, they spent, spent the night praying, and God revealed the dream to them. And he went back and told Nebuchadnezzar the dream, the, the dream and the interpretation. In the same way in chapter 4 of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had, I, I, in my notes I called him King Nebi, but uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the long name, um, had another dream. And that dream there was one that Nebuchadnezzar was going to be brought down and when he come to his senses that Jehovah God was the true God, he was restored to his uh, former powers. So there's two examples in the book of Daniel of, of dreams. And those, those, those two dreams basically came to a, a king who at the time was not a believer. Um, we see in the New Testament where Joseph, it says in the, in, the, in the Gospels that Joseph was a righteous, upright man. And uh, so he had, Joseph had three dreams. Now I guess the question I have for each one of you this morning, um, have you ever had a dream that you have felt had spiritual significance? Um. We we all they say they say we all dream. Um, I don't know, I don't remember too many of the ones I have, but um, I remember years ago I did have a dream, and it was very specific. There was certainly no. The dream I had had no gray matter or gray areas in it. It was very specific as to what it was. And, of course, when I told Peggy about it, um, I was kind of troubled by it, just as um, probably as um, King Nebuchadnezzar was about his dreams and um, that they troubled him. So when you have a dream, what do you do with it? especially one that you think that has um, specific uh, spiritual significance to it. So I ended up consulting a couple of other believers that I trusted, and, and then I ended up going to the person who the, the dream was about. I will not give you any more specifics than that, except for the fact that that some years later it came true. So I guess if you have a spiritual dream that um, the best thing to do is to consult somebody who you, you trust enough that um, could possibly help you with an interpretation of the dream just as Daniel and his three friends did. And we need to take action on them like Joseph did. Now, just think of Joseph on the first night um, when the Lord told him to go to Egypt, if he had, if he had um, hesitated. We know what happened. We, we specifically know what happened um, because Herod came to Bethlehem and slaughtered all the ch- all the bo- the male ch- children under 2 years old now i'm not downplaying the severity of what happened there but contrary to um what we what we have heard that probably the number of children that were were killed was probably relatively small because bethlehem was a very small small town and even you take the immediate surrounding areas around Bethlehem, it wouldn't have been that, that big and that many. But it still was a brutal act, not, not downplaying that. But it would not be thousands of little boys, okay? It would be a much fewer than that. So as we consider 2020... as a congregation that here at Oasis and as individuals Pastor Dennis pointed out last week about giving our all to the Lord so what will you and I give to him next year In an old hymn book, now it's not so old, it wasn't that old, Um, I found this little song. I'm not going to try to sing it for you today, so you don't have to listen to me sing, but I want to give you the words to it. It says, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. I think that is the... a good phrase for us to remember as we enter 2020. A new decade... We're probably all going to be running into all different circumstances in our life over the next year. But I believe if we take to heart what it says, give him my heart. Give him all of your life. And I know it's not easy because we have things that come upon us every day of every week. But when we have the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit on our side, nothing, absolutely nothing, is impossible for God to help us through. So I I say to you today, what can I give Him? For as I am. You may not have great wealth or anything like that, but you have the greatest gift that was ever given in the, son, in, the, in the person of Jesus Christ. So I just say it again to you. Give him your heart. Let's pray. Lord, it's today as we've gathered here today, we thank you Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to come through that door and to worship you. Lord, you have been so gracious and merciful to each one of us sitting here. You've taken care of us through another year. Yes, we've had some medical problems. We've had three ladies with hip surgeries. We've had various and sundry illnesses. There are some people that have lost loved ones. But Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to bring us through. So Lord, as we leave this place to go out of the doors today, may we take, take that phrase, to give him my heart. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If anybody needs prayer for whatever reason, there'll be somebody over at the cross over here that would be more than willing to pray with you for whatever situation it would be. Okay, thank you very much.